Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Firebrand cleric Abdul Aziz Ghazi is a ISIS supporter and a Taliban ally. He's waging a war jihad against the Pakistani government with the aim of imposing Sharia law. His primary weapon is his expanding network of Islamic seminaries for children as young as four years old. Among the believers follows Aziz's personal quest and charts the lives of two teenage students who are pawns in his ideological war. We are joined today by the co-directors of this remarkable new film, Among the Believers. That would be Himal Trevetti, as well as Muhammad Ali Nagvi. Welcome to both of you to film school. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank Good you. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Um, I hope that wasn't too uh, butchered of an introduction. I'll, I'll ask you uh, to explain this story in better detail than I was able to. Uh, and um, why don't we start, just start with sort of... Um, the attention that, that what drew you to uh, Abdul Aziz Ghazi, uh, and okay. go ahead if you would. Would you like to begin, Amal? Go ahead. Yes. So um, our film uh, Among the Believers uh, follows uh, uh, Maulana Abdul Aziz Ghazi, who runs one of the most notorious madrasa network in Pakistan called the Red Mosque. Uh, the Red Mosque has uh, the students of the Red Mosque have just pledged their allegiance to ISIS. And uh, Abdul, uh, Maulana Abdulaziz Ghazi himself is an ally of Taliban. And uh, we have been following his journey uh, as he's trying to impose his version of Sharia law on uh, Pakistan. And Pakistani state has been fighting him. Mm-hmm. So our story is really about uh, this uh, ideological battle that is shaping modern-day Pakistan. And uh, what what drew me to the story was I was uh, I, I I lost a very dear friend in Mumbai terror attacks uh, in 2008. Uh, I'm an Indian and I'm from Mumbai. And uh, after I lost my friend, I was so angry towards Pakistan. You know, India and Pakistan have had this history of animosity, and this kind of just made my uh, anger towards Pakistan a little more uh, enhanced. And uh, after that, what happened is I wanted to teach, I wanted to go to Pakistan to understand what's going on. And uh, okay. uh, once I embarked on the journey, what I realized is that Pakistan is at war within. And there is a fringe minority of Pakistanis who are trying to take over the way of life of the vast majority of Pakistanis. In fact, most Pakistanis way of life is under threat by this fringe minority and they are the biggest victims of terrorism and once i realized that i wanted to make a uh, wanted to make a film about the ideological battle shaping modern day pakistan and uh, you know i followed the students uh, the two children that you see in the film uh, zarina and talha mm-hmm. they are both students of the red mm-hmm. mosque but they take different paths uh, zarina uh, decides to uh, join a regular school in the hopes of becoming a doctor. 
and Talha remains at the Red Mosque in the hopes of becoming a jihadi preacher eventually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one thing that tied everyone together was the Red Mosque, and mm-hmm. it was very important for us to get Maulana Abdulaziz. And uh, okay. then I collaborated with my uh, co-director, Paki- uh, Muhammad, who is Pakistani, in 2010, and he came on board, and a lot of things happened. So he's going to talk about his yeah, journey. Yes, Muhammad. Uh Nagvi, uh, talk, talk to us about uh, how you got to know him all and, and sort of how this project unfolded for you. Well, um, uh, the funny thing is um, I actually met him all for just one day back in 2010 before. I, I kind of lived between New York and Karachi, Pakistan. Mm. And I was leaving for Pakistan, and I think we just met for like one day. Um, him was referred to me by a mutual friend of ours who's another uh, filmmaker, and uh, she, at that time, was looking for uh, someone uh, to to film uh, some stuff for her back in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at that time, I don't think we had any idea that our project and collaboration would last that long. We ended up <laughs> lasting six years, and, you know, it's been a, a great and exciting process. One thing that immediately drew me to the project was that um, it wasn't a polemic on my faith as a Muslim, and it wasn't a polemic on my country, you know. I think the Western media uh, tends to portray um, South Asia, or the Middle East, or Muslim countries, and specifically my country, Pakistan, um, in wide brushstrokes. And I think that is a huge disservice yeah. uh, and intellectually dishonest without actually understanding the nuances of what... Um, what militancy is in Pakistan and, and how to kind of um, actually fight back. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about Emil's project was that she was actually focusing not just on these two children, but she was also focusing on the village chief that you see in uh, the movie and Dr. Pervez Hoodboy, who's an activist, mm-hmm. um, all Pakistani, right? Mm-hmm. And that was great because they were actually... And I don't like to use the word moderate or liberal, but just regular Muslims, right, who were against militancy, who are using grassroots solutions to fight extremism. And that is the crux of the story, because, and and, and when that really resonated with me and it excited me, so I, you know, joined the project. It was obvious that we needed to get into um, the Red Mosque and follow uh, one of our main subjects, Malana Abdulaziz. Now, Malana Abdulaziz, in my country, in Pakistan, he's pretty notorious, as is the Red Mosque Network. Um, so uh, gaining that access, uh, and I should point to credit here, uh, you know, the rest of our team uh, in Pakistan, our co-producers uh, and uh, are all Pakistani and they're all Muslim, and I think they were instrumental in helping us gain that access. But you have to understand that our production period was so long, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm saying, it was so many years. Yeah, yeah. That would be my short answer when people ask me, how were you able to get that access to Malana Abdulaziz? My more specific answer is that a bulk of the footage that you see in the movie of Malana Abdulaziz is from 2013 onwards. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that something changed within me. I had always looked at Malana Abdulaziz with a bias. You know, here was someone who was spreading militancy and extremism in our country, and it was making it very, very dangerous. That didn't mean that I, when the first time I met him, I was being confrontational, but it was obvious if you looked at our raw footage that there was distrust between us two. 
I had to cultivate that trust. And the way that that happened, it wasn't just time, but something within me shifted. I had to meet this man who was responsible for so much hate and violence in our country in a common playing field. And for me, that was questions about my own religion and my own spirituality. Mm-hmm. That was the common playing field that I was able to meet him in and my questioning. And once I was able to gain his trust there, was I able to cover a much vast and other subjects um, uh, in the film. So that's kind of what happened there. And the story grew, of course. Of course. And I, I want to just remind our listeners that we're speaking with the co-directors of the film Among the Believers, and that would be Muhammad Ali. Nagvi, and as well as Himal Trevetti. Uh, you're also you can call me Mo as well. Is that Mo, okay. Easier? All right, Mo. Okay. Mo. But and and uh, Himal, you're also the producer of the film. And I want to say, just as um, you know, I'm the audience, and I'm watching this. And um, my hats off to you, not only for a great film, but for access into a world that none of us, uh, certainly here in Western world, particularly in America have any idea what are the dynamics involved? Why are people attracted to a certain style, a certain brand of religion, and what does it hold for them, and, and all of the things? And throughout this film, uh, there is an even-handedness to this so that we understand context. We understand why people are drawn to it. And it's not as irrational as we, are, we I think, most people in the West believe it to be. There are reasons why these things happen. Uh, the, exactly. And I'm not arguing, you know, I'm, and I'm not I'm not in any way justifying violence in any way, but it is something we have to know why this is happening. If we're ever going to figure out a way to coexist in a world where we can all people of faith can 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 be a, a part of this world together. Um, now, I want to ask you in terms of, and I, I don't want to get too far down sort of a, a you know policy role or policy discussion, but. In Pakistan, in India, and even here in the United States, we're seeing the the, uh, the wall between civic life and a religious life beginning to – it certainly in the United States is still a fairly significant wall between the two. But it's it's been breaking down for a long period of time. Is that not possible in Pakistan? Is there not room for a uh, independent civic life apart from religious beliefs, in your opinion? I'll, uh, go ahead. Um, certainly there is, but you see, this is, you have to kind of look at our history in Pakistan, right? Yeah. Um, Azam, the founder of Pakistan, uh, essentially, and, and there are many people who would actually debate me on this, and this is what the problem is in Pakistan, is that our identity at this point is currently under question. Many say that Pakistan was formed as a Muslim but secular country, right, where minorities of all kinds and everything would be welcome. And then there are others who believe that Pakistan was formed as an Islamic country, uh, and that uh, those distinctions that you're talking about, civic and religious, are intertwined. And this is what it is in Pakistan, uh, where the two are violent collision. And Pakistan, I have to say historically, was very, very different. There was those very distinct civic life and uh, religious life, like secular, like what you're talking about, during my, my parents' generation and their Pakistan. But I grew up in Pakistan in the 80s and 90s. And so the Pakistan that I grew up in was the aftermath of the Afghan-Soviet war, mm-hmm. where, if you see in the film, yeah. where the United States um, and Saudi Arabia and Pakistan 
embarked on this collective uh, decision to train and empower um, military jihadists to go after the Soviet Afghans and after so I'll go after the Soviets. And after the Soviets were defeated and USSR crumbled, Pakistan was kind of left over with all these jihadi militants that we had spent, you know, training and all of that. And um, from that point on, I think it was a short-sighted policy of our state, but our government said, you know, this is a fairly effective strategy uh, to use against our other enemies. And so we continue to foster some of these groups, even against India. Um, and, and, and the thing is, by now, by the time 80s, 90s, and especially after 9-11, it's a Frankenstein that's got out of control, and it's biting us back big time, right? And it is these questions of identity and everything that, that have become muddied, especially in recent years. And Pakistan has become a lot more uh, right-wing and um, militant. And I should also point out that the, the Islam that Aziz espouses, right, it's fundamentally not anything really to do with Islam. It's about politics. And I think some of a lot of our political and civil leaders and, and civilian leaders in Pakistan also use that rhetoric to strengthen and enlarge their own political base. You know, I mean, you've seen that happen here in the U.S. as well with different elections. But in Pakistan, of course, it's a lot more pronounced. Um, and so that is where we are right now. We're in this muddled confusion of where uh, those distinctions lie. Yeah. Amal, just and we're and unfortunately we're just kind of running out of time. I would love to spend the entire hour talking to you about this because there are so many there's so many things that your film gets into and just sort of sort of just from a film standpoint. It's a wonderfully constructed film, and and, and thank you. It is, and 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 it's beautiful to look at. You had great, uh, just a great look to it. But these, but these, these certain, you know, these tendencies, uh, and obviously the the rift between Pakistan and India. I mean, now we have the situation in Kashmir that's going on right now. Probably uh, under the radar for a lot of people, but maybe the most dangerous situation on the planet is what's going on in in Kashmir in terms of the outcome if the two countries decide to go to war it is catastrophic exactly. it's catastrophic i'm going to ask you a question is is your work on a film about pakistan is this something that in some way shape or form is is helpful uh to the the uh you know these these this gulf between these two countries who it's so share so much history that's the sad thing apart of the part of this is that they share a lot of history these two countries is there something about this film and what you, your work, you, the two of you have been doing, is that in any way going to help? Um, you know, I mean, like you said, uh, the aftermath, if, if India and Pakistan were to go to war and if there was a nuclear war, the estimates say that about 21 million people would die and half the ozone layer would disappear. Yeah. I mean, that's just the impact of, like you said, it's the most, most dangerous situation on the planet. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I started from the space, place of anger and hatred yeah. towards Pakistan after the Mumbai terror attack. But my anger turned into empathy when I started understanding what Pakistan was all about and what Pakistanis themselves are going through. And, you know, and that, that happened only because I visited Pakistan and I could, I had an opportunity of interacting with Pakistanis. And, uh, uh, 
a lot of our religious and political leaders rely upon making the other the evil because the other is the evil and you know it's very easy to destroy the evil but when you realize that the other is actually not the evil the other is just like you. they share the same language they share the same culture they have the same problems and they go through the same uh, you know ups and downs of life as you do you do not hate that person or hate hate the other as much and so I think what Muhammad and I have done is we have we have actually destroyed. I mean, we have overcome our own internal barriers of working together. You know, Muhammad was very wary of working with me. I was very <laughs> careful about working with Muhammad, and we we overcame our barriers. And I, I think that is what we need to do. Is we need to start like the artists of the two countries need to start. collaborating yes. and com- joining hands and have more collaborative projects such as these and uh, you know we may we may agree to disagree we may agree to disagree about so many geopolitical issues about kashmir and about so many things about terrorism but that does not mean that we go and commit mass suicide yeah yeah no there's <laughs> i hope and i i really seriously think that i mean this is a film and you know it, it is a specific thing that your your subject is it's specific to pakistan but it's it is also across the world i wish i had time to get into some discussions about the 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 political and social value of of islam as a substitute for gov- of ineffective and corrupt governments and that's why i think for me the root of that's too big of a subject i'm sorry to breach it at the begin at the end of this uh, interview but i i just think there are so many things in play and they're in your film and the reason why people uh, want to be uh, a part of the red mosque and why others don't i mean it's a wonderful film and i have just completely run out of time I am so sorry to say that to you but uh the film is playing here in in Southern California the Encino Lemley Town Center uh in Encino please go see this film uh and you go to the website you can go to amongthebelieversfilm.com to find out more about it where it's going to be screening any upcoming screenings how you can see this film see this film uh and I can't thank you enough uh both of you for being on film school today it's uh, it's a wonderful film and I'm so glad I got the opportunity to to talk with you Thank you so Thank much. You. The the co-directors, you're welcome. The co-directors is Mohammad Ali Nagvi and as well as Himal Trivedi. Thank you. All the best. Continue your good work. I hope you guys can collaborate for uh, on other projects. It, it, this is wonderful. So thank you for being here and and to a better world for all of us. Thank you so so much. All right. Thanks, bye. All right, okay. bye. Bye. Thanks. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.